The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan, and it's great to be here with you today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you're going to learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman, of course. Well, we are talking about women and their ability to influence others, and I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about um, an extreme retail story that came out the end of September uh, talking about um, the influence online. Now, this was a, a result of a study called, well, actually, it was a white paper called All About Moms, and it was issued by the Retail Advertising and Marketing Association, or RAMA, uh, short for that, and it, that is a division of the National Retail Federation. And this paper was really taking a look at uh, 22,000 adults. 4,200 of them were moms with children at home. And uh, what was interesting about it is more than 9 out of 10 women regularly or occasionally seek the result, the advice of others before buying a service or a product. And nearly 100% of them advise others about products or services that they have purchased from. And we, we knew word of mouth was huge online, but this really is startling that nearly 100% advise others online. Now, what that really does tell you that as a company, if you aren't engaging customers through social media, um, uh-oh, huge opportunity missed, huge, huge, huge opportunity. In fact, uh, the executive director of Roma saying that Twitter, Facebook, and blogs are becoming increasingly popular with moms as they search for that information and that they're also using that to stay in touch with, um, with their own friends and family. And that also provides an opportunity for companies to do the same. Um, so we know that Facebook is huge. We know MySpace and Twitter are big. And a lot of these moms actually have their own blogs as well. Now, when it comes to companies on their side, what are they trying to do to get the word out? Well, many, many of them are getting uh, product samples into the hands of these moms at home. They're giving them loyalty cards and also providing special displays. So at the end of the day, the big takeaway is if you're not online engaging in these tools with mom, you're missing a huge opportunity for word of mouth. We know that you probably already know that, but it's worth repeating because the data is so strong. Well, our purse profile today is the Nicole Miller Networker, and I chose this because of the networking component 
these women do a lot of networking. In fact, they're out there all the time talking to their friends and family. These are women in their 40s. Um, most of them are self-employed. They work full-time, and they have children in high school or college, and there's over 1.5 million of these women making over 75000 a year. Now, these women are influenced by fashion. They like to stand out in the crowd. They're ambitious and motivated, and they value quality items. They love to try new things. They're shopping at Ethan Allen, Nine West, Williams-Sonoma, Ann Taylor, and Bloomingdale's. They're driving Cadillac, Toyota, Volvo, and Lexus. And for cosmetics, they're at MAC, Almay, Chanel, Chloe, and Clinique fans, as well as shopping Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren, and Chanel. Now, where can you get in front of the Nicole Miller Networker? Well, she's reading a lot of lot of magazines like Entrepreneur, Money, InStyle, First for Women, Better Homes and Gardens, and Architectural Digest. She's watching Discovery Channel, CNN, We, The Food Network, and HBO. And she's online at MSN, iVillage, Yellow Pages, Amazon, eBay, and Travelocity. Well, my guest today certainly knows about the social space. She spent a ton of time there and is really our expert for the day. Lauren McHugh is formerly Director of Integrated Marketing Programs, West Coast of MySpace. Prior to that, she was at Fleshman Hillers as a Managing Supervisor of Global Social Media Practice Group, NGT, the next, best, the next good thing. And Lauren has developed and builds out new and emerging practices within companies that allow for them to handle the ever-growing social landscape. We're going to be talking about how companies can enter the space successfully, make money while you're there, and engage women effectively. All of that when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of Local Pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with LocalPages.com. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. 
Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Well, welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Lauren McHugh, formerly MySpace Director, Integrated Marketing Programs, West Coast. Lauren now develops and builds out new and emerging practices within companies that really allows them to handle the social landscape. She has more than nine years of experience in advertising and marketing with an emphasis in social media, mobile, and emerging technologies. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Well, I am so excited to have you on the program. I mean, you've clearly had an incredibly successful career guiding organizations, um, really as they enter into what I like to think could be a fairly scary online world. And at MySpace, um, you were the director of integrated marketing programs, so you clearly know what you're talking about. What do you think companies should know before they dip their toe in that online water? Well, I think I think it's funny because you know it, it's so funny how much it's changed, even how like drastically it's changed, even in the past few years, in terms of social media. And I think presently, what every company and <clears throat> excuse me, every person should know is that basically the water is all around us. So it's not even a matter of dipping your toe in anymore. It literally is. This is this is your new media landscape. This is what you have to play with. Just like. Ten years ago, it was you thought about your advertising plan that included television, outdoor, print, and everything um, in addition to public relations. And this is, you know, social media is similar in that it is a new arena to sort of to think about, but it's also an arena that basically becomes the umbrella over everything that we do. So even if you are making a television spot now, your first thought is to not only create the 60-second spot, but it's also, okay, how can I incorporate this online through maybe even through mobile? Um, you know, how can I socialize it? That's basically the biggest thing is that it's less about these compartments of online, offline. It's more about how do I socialize all of my content? So whether you are, if your business is, if it's uh cable television or if it's automotive or if it's um, uh, cellular, whatever it might be, your main task now is to think about how can I socialize it? How can I bring it to life and allow people to actually take my brand message and, and float it through this ether in a way that they feel comfortable with? So I think that, to me, is <clears throat> the biggest, <clears throat> excuse me, the biggest, um, the biggest thing to know. And it's also something where I think the whole the fear factor, which is completely understandable, I think now more than ever, um, there's so many different ways to incorporate your brand that I think it is a little less scary because the reality of it is is that yes, it's more open, there's so much transparency, but in a you know in a way right now that's actually a better thing for you because it allows you to have more options and it allows your brand to grow and actually touch people at different points in their life so I think it's more of a positive thing. So I guess the the sort of the net net of this is that I wouldn't be fearful. I would I would really take a step back and look at what are your brand attributes, what are you trying to achieve, and then move forward and build out a plan from there. 
Yeah, well, and, you know, you've even called out the Obama campaign as being an accessible example of really doing that, of really knowing what your brand offerings are. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly, Barack Obama did a good job of communicating that in an incredibly p- compelling way. Do you think that campaign really serves as kind of the epitome of what can be done successfully? I mean, or did they have any flaws in how they reached out socially? Sure. I think um, I think the thing with the Obama campaign is that that was such a great example of you had the most amazing product. I mean, you had basically, um, you know, a lot of this stuff is there's a lot of things that you can put into place to to create something successful, but also a lot of it is luck and it's timing. And, you know, we were in a period, you know, as a country, as a, uh, you know, as a nation, even as even around the world and that we were looking for change and Obama illustrated that change. And, you know, I think that's basically when you, when you take a step back and you look at it is that he was such an amazing product in and of itself. And you had all of these people rallying around him. So the social media umbrella was such an amazing compliment to what he was doing. And so many people were talking about him, what he stood for, you know, um, even when the poster started circulating and you started to see people's um, profile pictures um, with Obama's face with the word hope, little things like that, that becomes, that's so huge to your social media campaign. And it's also something that I don't think they expected this to happen. I don't think they expected this to become this massive. And that's always the best surprise when you start something. A lot of the times you you do sort of say, okay, we're going to put this out here. We're going to see what happens. And, you know, more times than not, sometimes it sort of surpasses your, your wildest dreams. And I think with, with Obama, it just, it had that momentum and he was just the right person at the right time. And also it was such a great reflection on the tools that we have in order to, to, you know, even around this election, this election showed basically, it sort of put social media in the forefront that if you didn't have social media in your, in your campaign, it wouldn't have made sense because that's where everybody was talking about you. That's where everybody was promoting you, where they were getting donations, um, campaign um, fundraising, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was, I think it's an amazing thing to look at from the perspective of look at the possibilities of if you do set yourself up in certain ways. And it doesn't mean you you basically do a, a blueprint of what Obama did because that's a specific, that's a, you know, that was more based around an election. You're dealing with an actual person, not so much of a product. But mm-hmm. I do think it's a great example of look at what you can do if you if you sort of put yourself out there and if you also give people enough of these, you know, it's not just about communities. It's literally about give them an iPhone app, give them things that are at their fingertips whenever they want it. So it's less about driving to a destination and it's more about filtering your content all throughout the social web and allowing people to take it when they want to take it. So I don't really think that the campaign did anything wrong. I think it's, um, it's, it's less of, it's less of right and wrong and it was more of like, wow, like, I can't believe, you know, that that was such a huge, huge piece of their campaign. And I really do think that it was a surprise to them as well on how successful it was. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of people have been taking a page from that campaign. I mean, I know you said it's an election and not a product, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of companies, you know, began to sit up and take notice of the success, the surprising success Mm -hmm. out of that campaign and saying, now, how can we drive that kind of success for our company? 
And I know you've said before, I mean, he clearly was a superstar. He was the face of that campaign. And I think for a lot of companies, they feel like they may have a superstar product. Um, and and having talked talk to you a little bit about your philosophy and, and hearing you talk today about, you know, it's not tipping your toe in the water. It's really um, you're already going to be part of the conversation. I feel like you probably are going to answer this way uh, in a positive, which is, um, is it worth engaging in the space or is it better to wait until you have either a superstar face or a superstar product? And I'm guessing you're saying, yes, you need to be engaging in the space and you can do it a lot of different ways. But I don't want to answer for you, Lauren. You go ahead. No, no, you're actually, no, you're right. I mean, I think it's, I think the thing about it is that um, what's what's challenging, but what's also exciting is it, what's so different is that it's like not even too long ago, what you would do is you would sit or, you would sit with your team and you would figure out, okay, we've got a new product coming out. It's launching from, you know, March through July. That's the time period that we're focusing on. Then we let it go and we move on to the next. And I think the the one thing that throws a lot of people for for a loop with media is that when you're out there, you're out there and it doesn't go away and it's about continuing it and it's less about even a campaign and it's more about this ongoing momentum that you have to keep up. It's a lot more work. And I think that when it comes back to the product or to your message, you definitely need to take a step back and think about what do I have to say and what do I want to say? Because even when I look at um, Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter sometimes, you know, more so Facebook and MySpace just because it's more um, community profile um, generated. But you see a lot of brands using their, their pages as pretty much like a static ad, which, and they wonder why, you know, people aren't engaging. And it's a matter of not using these new social tools with sort of your, the, or I shouldn't say your, but um, with sort of, the, the older mentality of like, okay, we're going to stick. We, we only want to say this and we only want people to know this. And the reality of it is, is that it doesn't work that way anymore. So I think when it goes back to your product, it's not so much about, do you have to have the most amazing thing? No, you actually don't. But what you do have to have is, does it benefit the user in any way? Does it benefit your consumer? Are you bringing them something interesting? Are you, um, you know, are you making them think about something? Are you allowing them to participate in something? Whenever I would work with a brand, I would always take myself out of it and think about if I was the user, even if they were targeting, if it was moms, if it was, you know, 16-year-old boys. I'm not either of those, but you still have to take yourself out of it and think about would it, would that would that make me like the brand more? Would it be interesting? Do I want to sit there and watch a five-minute video, you know, on X, Y, and Z? It's sort of like, I think what, in terms of the original question of what do you have to have, I think it's very customized, very personal, and you have to ask a lot of questions on what is it that I'm trying to achieve? Because to me, even when, you know, this was about a year ago, people were still wondering, okay, well, what do I use Twitter for? And and I don't get it, and why is it important? And the thing that popped out, I remember um, I read this article about this bakery in London who was using Twitter um, to let people know what was coming out of the oven on a, a frequent basis, and I love that. And that's simple, and it's interesting, and to me, if I was Sprinkles Cupcakes, I think that would be such a brilliant way to, to use a tool like Twitter. 
is it the sexiest thing? Is it the most amazing thing? No, but it's something that relates to my brand. So I think, I think that's kind of the thinking that we all need to sort of be a part of, of where it's not about whether you're the best of the best. It's about what kind of tools are you using to, to amplify your brand message that makes sense to your, for your brand message because what Chevy's using or what T-Mobile's using may not apply and probably won't apply to, you know, Sara Lee Cakes. So it's sort of, it's this, it's this constant um, self-checking, reworking, and, and that's actually another piece of it, too. My favorite thing about sort of the landscape we're within right now is that you're never done. And while that's overwhelming, I still love that because you, it's not like you've finished this commercial, you're done, you can't do it again. It's like you're constantly evolving. You can constantly improve. You can test it. Maybe it doesn't work the first time. Maybe it doesn't work five times, but you keep trying and you keep figuring out what do my consumers want to see from my brand within this space. So I think that's a very wonderful thing. And, and the reason, too, I think that, you know, even on a positive uh, sort of front, you hear a lot of, a lot of uh, negative reactions to social media. And I think, of course, with anything, there's always going to be people who use things you know, not for good, but I think with your brand, it's like this is the best thing that could have ever happened because it's this ongoing focus group for you of where you're constantly moving with your consumer and growing with them, and to me, that that's so powerful. Well, and, and to listen to you talk, you know, it certainly sounds like there isn't a formula for success. I mean, there isn't definitely a scientific approach on this, but you really do need to understand your brand attributes and you really do need to do a lot of consideration before you go out into the space. And you might use a variety of different tools to get that message out, but there's not going to be one um, toolbox that's perfect for each company. Am I right? Exactly, exactly. And um, you talked a little bit about some companies that seem to be doing this really, really well. Before we go to a break, can you share maybe one case study of a company that you think has really managed to figure this all out and engage online as well as driving the conversation offline? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, because there's so many, I think there's so many people that are doing interesting things. And I know that we, um, <clears throat> we had talked about um, just even the, the demo of moms and who, who's doing what in the mom space. And I was thinking about that. And the thing is, it's funny because even this is about, I guess, I'm trying to even think this probably was about almost four years ago. And I remember, um, I remember reading about what Kraft was doing, um, and it was really, really simple, but this was when, you know, the iPod um, was gaining traction. Everyone had an iPod, and Kraft started putting their recipes, um, they started making them downloadable for your iPod. And it was really simple and small, and I remember finding that on their website and being like, that's so interesting because they're such a massive company that I knew I had read in the past, and we had also, um, you know, it's like working with massive companies, I think, back in the day was it was for them to sort of grasp what was happening, and they they didn't really want to move forward as quickly as we wanted to. And um, I remember seeing that and thinking that's so smart because what an amazing way to make a mom's life easier while you're in the supermarket to not have to write anything down but to just automatically read it off your iPod. And then now, you know, cut to recently, and Kraft is doing these amazing iPhone apps um, for busy, busy moms. And I, I think that's just, 
it's funny. It's, it's, it's so simple, and I think it's so smart. And they're also making money off of it, which I know they've sort of, you know, in the media, pe- some people have said, well, you know, you may not want to charge for it, but they're charging 99 cents, which mm-hmm. is really not, it's not that much. But to me, that's a very simple, simple way for a company that may sort of been a little squeamish in the beginning to even involve in this space to get involved in a very big way because it's not about that they've set up a community and they're trying to say craft is doing X, Y, and Z. They're supplying busy moms with easy access to what is a part of their lives, which, you know, revolves around making sure their kids have dinner or lunches or whatnot. And it incorporates their product in such a relevant way. And to me, that is very, very powerful. And it's not this massive campaign. They didn't spend millions of dollars on it, but I think they're actually getting their return tenfold because they're making money off of something that also is their consumer. Yeah, exactly. And when we come back, I do want to talk a little bit more about making money because I know a lot of companies are considering how to make money in the social space. So more on that when First Rings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. AffiliateContracts.com is an affiliate network like no other. Hands-on account management right from setup gives personal attention with continual account optimization. And our affiliates will attest our offers consistently pay more money every single day. Seriously. And hey, want to make a lot of money fast? Check out our unbeatable, I mean unbeatable insurance offers. Higher conversions with programs that are sustainable and scalable because AffiliateContracts.com is committed to you for the long run. Bigger payouts, higher conversions, and attention you expect from dedicated affiliate managers. AffiliateContracts.com. That's what the affiliate world needs. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. 
And we're back. I'm joined today by Lauren McHugh, formerly Director, Integrated Marketing Programs, West Coast of MySpace, and now somewhat I like to call a social landscape architect. And Lauren, we've been talking a lot today about companies and how they're really not choosing necessarily to go into the social media landscape. Um, they're being forced to go there whether they want to or not, and um, they really need to know and understand their brand now more than ever before because they need to figure out what tools to use when they're in the space. But I know a lot of companies are also seeking to monetize the new social market. Do you have some suggestions for those companies about how even to approach that? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um it's funny because there's, in terms of monetizing it, and that has been the big question, is that it's twofold in how can you use social media to monetize, you know, your brand if you are, or specifically if you are a brand, using the Facebooks, the MySpaces, the Twitters. And then there's also on the flip side, too, there are the company, the MySpace, the Facebook, the Twitters, how are they making money? And I think when it comes to to brands, one of the examples that stands out in my head is um, – as a great way to actually incorporate yourself within social media as well as actually make money off of it, but in a smart way, is um, an execution that Mars Bars did, and it was actually in the U.K., but they did it through Facebook, and it was around Valentine's Day, and I think it was about a year and a half, two years ago that they did this. And basically, you know, Facebook really sort of owned and helped um, help promote and sort of engage even the virtual gifting um, sort of system that we see all throughout the web now. And what Mars did is on Valentine's Day, they set up a special gift shop, so to speak, within their page where you could um, buy a Mars candy bar for one of your friends through this Facebook app, through this page. And basically what it would do is in the U.K., they also they have a little bit more that they can do on the, on the handset front with your mobile phone. So what you could do is you could actually send – a a text code basically to your friend saying, you know, happy Valentine's Day, I bought you this candy bar, you could go into your local um, 7-Eleven candy shop, whatnot, and actually scan that and get a free candy bar. Mm. So to me, a simple, simple execution like that, and while, yes, this applies to it's, uh, it's a food product, it's candy, to me that was such a smart way to say let's get within this space Let's do it in a relevant way. Let's do it on a day where people are already thinking about our product, like a Valentine's Day, and let's actually allow you to use social media to give a gift to your friend and actually in real life, offline, actually have them get that gift. So I think to me that was just so powerful because you're making money off of it, but you're also not you're not doing it in a way where the consumer or the user thinks you're being cheesy or it's not really, um, it's not true to form, and it's just, it makes so much sense, and it's such a simple execution and really, really low cost. I think a lot of companies think that you have to spend a ton of money to figure out how to not only engage the consumer, but to really get them hooked, and I think this is a great example to say you actually don't have to do that. So, oh, yeah, and, it, and that, as you said, it makes yeah. just brilliant sense because it works for both the consumer and the company mm-hmm. in just a really natural way, right? It doesn't feel forced, it doesn't exactly. feel contrived, it doesn't feel like the consumer's being used or, or asked to do something that they wouldn't want to do. I think that's a great example. Um, as you look out into the future, um, are you seeing kind of a direction we might be going in? I know um, I was reading once about how 
we're going to have a tribe, if you want to call it that, a tribe, who um, the members of that tribe are going to be able to recognize each other anywhere just by our cell phone ring, which scared the bejesus out of me. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know that I want to be part of the tribe, and I don't know that I want my cell phone um, focused in that way. But um, it sounds like that we are really now more than ever becoming a community of like-minded strangers. Do you think we're going to continue to be going in that direction in the social media? I, you know, I think um, basically it's funny. The, the future seems, I think when we all think of the future, we think of it as this sort of scarier, robotic, darker place. And I think what we're going to continue to find is that it's everything that we're doing presently but it just gets a little bit more tweaked and it goes a little bit deeper. Um, what we're you know, seeing right now is that you know, we have the five senses, and I think we're seeing a sixth sense emerge, which is our social senses, in that the way we think, the way we connect, the way we just go about our day-to-day lives is shifting. And even if you think about it, it's sort of like it, it's as simple as how connected we are. Like when you look at people on their iPhone or even their BlackBerry, it's like you're never, you're never not connected to someone. You're never not knowing what someone's doing. And, yes, that can, I think, you know, when you think about it, that can seem a little bit scary, but this is becoming the norm. This is how we, this is how we breathe. This is what we do. And I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing. I think it's, it's just more of what you're going to see is we need more meaning. We need to constantly get deeper in terms of, of what we're working with, whether it's a brand, whether it's a product, whether it's in our own lives. We're constantly looking to go that, that extra mile. And I think, you know, a, a new technology that's emerging that's gained some traction or I shouldn't say traction but has been in the news a little bit is um, augmented reality, which is this new technology that takes virtual data, places it on your phone, and allows you to interact with it using your compass, a camera, or a GPS. So basically the end result is the ability to see virtual items and information in the real world. And to me, augmented reality is its like the best thing I've ever heard of because if I were a brand, this is, this is the mecca. This is what I've been looking for because this will allow for me, Lauren, to walk into a store, say I walk into Bloomingdale's, and it would allow products to, sim- to simply, in a relevant way, but to my phone, if I'm looking for a Marc Jacobs jacket, then all of the Marc, Marc Jacobs jackets would pop up on my phone, like with their prices, what's on sale. It would basically organize what I'm, I'm already thinking of doing. And yeah. that, to me, is the coolest thing ever. And while it may seem a little intrusive, I think as we move forward, there's so many benefits of a technology like this where even if you think about it, I think even on a social side, in terms of even social impact and social cause, it's a great way, you know, if you're, if you're walking around and if you go into a Starbucks or into a store or you're in a certain part of the country to know what's going on there. Maybe there are certain causes that you could get involved in. It's a very, it's a very you know, sort of possibilities or kind of technology. And to me, it's just a great example of this is where we're going. Everything's just getting deeper. You're, you know, it's not just about going to a community, setting up a profile. It's about connecting on a much deeper level and doing it without actually having to put much effort into it, which I think is kind of cool. 
Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's, it's a little bit mind boggling. And, you know, I, I struggle at times to get my head wrapped around it because it is, um, it is definitely where we're going. And, uh, for companies that can get ahead of it, it's going to be a huge, just a huge boom for them. Uh, but it is a different way of looking at things. Um, it's a whole, it's mm-hmm. a whole new world. And I'm just so glad that there's people out there like you, Lauren, to make sense of it all. Um, and unfortunately, we don't have any more time to talk about it. I wish we did. I'll have to have you back on because I do feel like it's just such a rich area that so many companies do struggle with. So um, for folks out there who want to contact you, Lauren, how's the best way for them to get in touch with you? You know what? They can contact me at my email, which is just lmccue55 at yahoo.com. Perfect, perfect. So, um, everyone out there, if you're if you're struggling like many of us are um, to get ahead of the curve here, Lauren, of course, is more than equipped to be able to handle any questions that you might have, as you can tell today. Lauren, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You bet. And thanks to George, my producer, for another flawless show. And join me next week for another edition of Purse Strings right here, Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, thanks so much for joining me today. Make it a great one.